Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we have uh, we have a lot of interesting things to talk about today, um, including the beloved Chris Pratt and his, uh, his video at some MTV award function. But uh, first, before we do that, uh, two things. Number one, I have to tell you, I am, I am super bummed, boys. One of my uh, one of my cats ran away and has been gone for like four days, and I'm just wow. crushed. Like I can't think about anything else, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I'm I'm sorry, and uh, I'm devastated for you right now. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I knew you'd understand. As, I totally sure. understand. As somebody who doesn't like cats at all, but who does have pets or and has grown up with them, I too feel very bad for you because I understand that your feelings for your cats are probably similar to mine for my dog. And so yeah, totally, losing dude, a totally. pet sucks. I hope it comes back healthy. Baby, dude, how, are the, how are the boys holding up? I mean, was this like dude, a beloved pet for them or what? It, it was. It's, it's interesting, man. I mean, everybody in our household is dealing with it like in their own particular way that's, that's appropriate to their personality type. You know, Tristan's just kind of like, sullen quietly i'm gonna power through this and crush it in my mind vice and maxim's trying to make everybody else feel better and kk feels low-key guilty and i'm just like you know completely emo and crushed about it so uh hopefully we all we all recover as a household soon but i gotta be a pro boys i gotta be a radio pro you know but, and in but spite baby, of, can i can i offer you some encouragement though you know this is yeah, what's uh please this do, is what this is what's great please about do. kitty cats is that um yeah lay it on me well, dude, sometimes sometimes they take vacations. Mm-hmm. They like leave for like days, and then they okay. just magically like kind of like come back. I mean, that's happened to me. I've gone through like twenty cats like in, okay. in my lifetime, and many yeah. a times these dudes will leave for like even a week or so, and then they just pop back in as if they've never been gone. But it was yeah. just because they never told you they were leaving in the first place, so you just didn't know when to expect them back, dude. Um, right? Because they're animals and they don't speak, and yeah. um, so. I mean, there's still a chance that Kitty's going to come back. K- Dude, Kitty I, might I be really coming back. You're right, man. Right. That's super helpful, man. It's encouraging to hear that. And Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she knows the the door's always open, literally and figuratively. The the, the food's ready. Everything's ready for for her return. But of course, uh, yeah, she's sad a cat stuff, and man. you spoil her, and you're like her staff. That's why. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, thanks for hearing me out on that, boys. I appreciate it. Uh, but we have business to get to, literal business and the business of creating great radio. Uh, Piper, tell us about our sponsor for today. Yeah, so our sponsor today is actually somebody who you know who I work for and uh, help with, and that is the Word Search Bible software. Uh, if you go to wordsearchbible.com, you can check it out. There is a there's two different versions. So if you're somebody who's a Bible teacher or a like a theology student, seminary student, pastor. Um, you're looking for sermon preparation or anything to help you with um, working on assignments for school, things like that. Word Search is a great program to help with that. Um, the way that it works is you can set up a free account online, so you can just sort of check it out without costing you anything. We also have a desktop version. there That does cost some money. It's not expensive, but there's a free sample version of that as well. So you can basically try out Word Search at no cost to yourself. Every version comes with a few sample resources, so you can you don't have to go buy anything. And then once you've got it, you just build your library at your pace. So it's not like buying a huge library at an extensive cost. You can buy things as you go. 
So if you go to wordsearchbible.com, you'll see listed at the top kind of all the ways you can try it out. So the desktop version, the free desktop version, that's what we call Word Search Starter. Um, Word Search Online, which you can use um, on a mobile device or on any computer. And again, so if you are, if you're, if you're in the business of sermon preparation, teaching preparation, theological study, this is a great software for you, um, and I'd encourage you to check it out. And then the desktop version costs about $50. We just did a significant upgrade, um, and it is, it's, it's the best suite of tools we've ever put together. So again, $50, not that expensive, and then that comes with uh, a few hundred dollars worth of resources already built in, and then... You can you can buy whole sets of commentaries. You can buy volumes as you go. Whatever works best for you uh, on your budget or your church's budget, because I know that's how it works for a lot of you beloved pastors. So again, go to wordsearchbible.com, check out Word Search Starter or the free online version to test it out, or get Word Search 12. That's the current latest uh, upgraded version, and begin using it today. And uh, I would love it if you tried it out. Well, there it is, Piper. Thanks for that uh, that elegant promo, as always. Mm. And um, also, as always, um, go buy some Lagar's Roasters coffee and drink it. Um, I'm, I'm bummed about my cat, so I'm not going to rave about it today. But but you guys know how I feel about Lagar's. And well, uh, I'll I'll step in. I'll step in and 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 uh, carry the coffee on this one because yeah, we can't expect too much joy out of Ted today. There is no joy in, in Mudville today. Um, Absolutely. I'm waiting on my next batch of Lagarus Roasters coffee to come. I ordered it a couple days ago and per usual heck and his team, which I think consists of, I don't know him and his wife and kids um, are very quick to turn around orders because that means you get coffee fresh. So I have happy rant signature roast arriving uh, either today or tomorrow. And I can't wait to throw it in the grinder and drink it. Um, out of my missional wear Happy Rant mug because Ooh. everything goes better when it's all Happy Rant all the time. So, yes, go to happyrantpodcast.com, check out Lagaros Roaster Coffee, our swag at missional wear, combine them into the best morning experience of your life. Wow. Dude, I'm not going to rest until everything in my home is outfitted with our logo on it. Literally every single thing. Yes, I, um, I found myself wearing a Happy Rant t shirt, drinking Lagaros Roaster's coffee out of a Happy Rant mug and putting it on a Happy Rant coaster while writing in a Happy Rant moleskin last While listening weekend. to a show called The Happy Rant that you're on. That's incredible. <laughs> that's, that's actually the one thing I never do is listen to The Happy Rant. I talk that's on it, an, but I never listen to it. Well, you listen as we're talking, though, I assume. I mean, that's just an you, assumption. You know, I, I listen. I usually just wait for my turn to talk. Is that, is that the same as, is that the same <laughs> yeah. as listening? Absolutely, it's close enough. In our culture, that's that qualifies as listening, okay. actually. But uh, I, I'm going to say one thing about Hector Lagaris' team because you left out one person, and maybe the most awesome uh, member of his team is his mother-in-law, Marucci. Um, Marucci uh, is Cuban. She rides a motorcycle. Um, she's super awesome. I've been at karaoke parties with Marucci, and she's uh, she's a, a blast. So uh, <laughs> shout out to the amazing. whole. Yeah, the whole Hector Lagares team. She's she's done some some crazy karaoke. In fact, I think we did. Uh, remember that Peter Cetera, Amy Grant number from the '80s? Next time I fall, mm. I think I, I did that as a duet with with Marucci at our last karaoke party. So what kind of uh, motor? What kind of motorcycle? I'm just trying to paint a mental. Dude, picture she's Harley here. Davidson, man. She, like she a, a oh, this so it's not. We're not talking like a Honda, you know, 150 like dirt bike. Dude, we're talking no, it's legit. Not a Honda, anything. That's man. amazing. It's the, it's the big, the real deal. Yeah. So she she doesn't mess around. 
Uh, cool lady, very cool lady. Everybody on Hecklegar's team is is super cool, and you should uh, you should support them. But uh, boys, let's talk about something weird. I want to get right into this. I want to get right into this thing that we just watched. Uh, so Chris Pratt, uh, actor, beloved actor, known for a show called Parks and Rec, also known for my favorite Chris Pratt uh, movie is Moneyball. Uh, I think Moneyball is peak Chris Pratt. He plays Scott Hatterberg. That's right. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he's Hattie. This that was sort of pre-fame Chris Pratt. Totally, that pre, yeah. Yeah, that was pre-him getting really shredded. Um, that was just back when he was a regular dude, which I think he's the best when he's doing regular dude stuff. But um, alas, those days are over, and now instead of regular dude stuff, he's getting something at some MTV Awards ceremony called the Generation Award, which apparently, even though that conveys like age and inexperience and a long career apparently you can get that when you're like 33 so um so tip of the cap to mtv for just giving that generation award younger and younger some like 14 year old is going to get it next year probably so anyway he gets this award and then he gives this speech about nine rules for living some of which included some god stuff that seemed pretty solid and other parts of which was really stupid so um Big R, you shared this with us. I'm going to throw it to you first. How encouraged should we be as evangelicals by this Chris Brown speech? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, uh, boys, Hollywood is in good shape now. Um, I oh, it's used, in great shape. I it's used, in good I, hands. I used to worry that the whole thing was just going to hell in a handbasket. Now I just feel like we're, we're good. Like everything's good now. Uh, Pastor Chris is uh, finally been given a voice and uh, – I, you know, I'm going to just watch every movie I want now and not, not even having to feel like I need to, I need to step back and, and you know, have an opinion about anything because he's there and he's, uh, he's controlling the day. But no, but, um, I, you know, I don't know. It's, man, there's so much to read in it, right? Because he yeah. said some really silly, ridiculous things because, again, of, of the audience that he was talking to. And then he said some, you know, he said some things that, you know, he obviously it's a two-minute speech, that he, yeah. And he said some things that, you know, definitely would fall, you know, fall under the at least, the, you know, it would fall within the realm of evangelicalism. But of course, you know, he didn't have a chance to break it down. So when he says, hey, God yeah. loves you and he talks about learning how to pray and he talks about, I think, honestly, the most important thing he said was at the end where he says, you're, you're not perfect, um, you're imperfect. And, you know, um, this, this idea that I forget what the line was that, um, you know, you're every, you know, everybody that tells you you're great, you know, it means you're great or you're perfect. You're perfect. Just the way you are. You're perfect. Just the way you are. So yeah, except you're not, I mean that to me, that was like amazingly significant. What he said to a, you know, a room full of kids, a room full of 14 year olds in the generational MTV musical, you know? Um, but, um, I, you know, I don't know. It's like on one hand you can, you can go too far to the one side and just write off everything he, he said and just and be cynical about it. And then um, on the other hand, you can just kind of do what I did in the beginning, which is just like, oh, we not, you know, because there's nothing evangelicals love more than to grab a celebrity who, who says the word God in his thank you speech and just yeah. want to run, run to the, the evangelical moon with this guy. So, I mean, I don't know where Pratty's at. I mean, he's talked a little bit about his faith in some interviews I've read. Um, but I, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, is it? Was it an? I, this is where I'm at with it. It was an interesting thing for him to say. Um, 
you know, at an MTV awards show because, again, yeah, sure. it definitely went a little below the surface of the I just want to thank the big man up above kind of stuff mm-hmm. you get, which now, honestly, when we, when people even say that, it's kind of like, well, uh, like, dude, are you cool with that? That's kind of weird. You know, who's going to come dude, after you can you on say that, that and then, like, go to a club later that night and shoot four guys and, and everybody. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just means nothing. So Pratty went you below know? the surface on that a little bit, and he kind of got – he got a little bit in depth. I mean, again, it's an award show. It's a – it's a one-minute speech, so you kind of got to go, well, all right, dude, there's something there. There's something behind that with, with the depth that he did allow himself to go. But, um, but it's, it's been fun watching everybody respond to it. All the responses I've seen so far have been all super, like, you know, like fist bumpy. Like, yeah, way to go. Mm-hmm. Way to go, mm-hmm. Pastor Chris. So. Dude, if he'd gone 48 more minutes, he would have, like, a, a short to mid-sized Reformed sermon. Yeah, you'd have, like, hands. about a half-sized so. Reformed sermon. You'd have a half-sized I mean, Reformed He did have nine well points, which is three-quarters of the way to a Baptist sermon. So, oh, dude, dude, that's Joe Carter writing a TGC article. I mean, how yeah. do you want to phrase it? Yeah. Dude, yeah. absolutely. 14 more points, and he'd have a TGC article. So. I mean, in, in general, Colin Hansen skips the poop jokes in his articles, but, uh, <laughs> you know, details. I dude, thought, you know what I'm, oh, you know what I'm worried about? What was that? I'm worried about the fact that since Pratty did this, if Jared C. Wilson revises his list, I could get bumped out of the top 125. I mean, it's, that's that, just I just assume that, Big T. I figure I mean, Pratty's got to slide into the top 10. That's just a done thing, deal. So. You're, you're officially yeah. out. Sorry. I, I think, I'm done. I think I'm out. you're safe because Pratt didn't mention Jesus. Or Spurgeon. And, oh. and in, <laughs> or Spurgeon. That's true. The, it, yeah, it really part, suffered for Part that. and parcel. Two, two bearded yeah. men we look up to for important religious <laughs> reasons. Um until you know, if if he had mentioned Jesus, yeah, you're off the list for sure. But the yeah. thing that stood out to me about that was how close he got to a like a legitimate gospel presentation. Yeah, you're really right. Man. Without without quite closing the deal, because he he talked about grace and and uh, a lot, you know, how it's earned by somebody else's blood and he compared it to the privileges we have in this country earned by somebody's blood laid down, you know, his sort of pro military patriotic thing. I mean, he said it very, very well, but, um, and he said the same thing. He said, there is somebody who was perfect, who laid, who who paid in his blood for you to have grace or for you to, you know, in, in place of your perfection, something like that. And I'm like, that is spot on. Who are you talking about? Tupac. (laughs) <laughs> so there's the there's the rub i mean you know if we but i mean split it's like it's like that was the thing right so it's like the dude does not like he does not have time to like break down every one of his points i mean essentially what he did was he just like he just preached like just kind of a mega willow creek like evangelical sermon is what he did at the end of the day yeah you yeah. know what i mean it was yeah. like it was like that why well then he's never getting on jared wilson's list well except it was uh, you know it yeah. was deeper than a Willow Creek sermon. Right. So, I mean, in fairness to Chris Pratt, I mean, he know. just preached a Carl Lentz sermon, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, man! Well, I don't boys, know. what did you think, Big T? I mean, give give some of your give some of your uh, your uh, yeah yeah no, no, I mean, I, it, it's been so long since I've watched any kind of like MTV esque award show. Like, I'd forgotten just kind of how ridiculous the whole thing is, and and part of what's hard about adulthood and man i'm going glum again like last week but i I think you you finally get eyes to see just what a sham everything is and how ridiculous these award shows are and and even the show parks and rec so we've been 
we've been watching some of that with Tristan and starting about like mid season three, all the jokes just become really sexual and really low hanging fruit. And it's all about like who's sleeping with who. And no, I realize no I sound pun like I'm intended, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I sound like I'm 185 years old right now, but I mean, I think adulthood gives you that perspective to go. This is when the show started sucking. So they introduce like a dozen new characters and make all the jokes about sex and get like three more seasons out of it. And I don't know. So I look at this stuff through, I guess, very like jaundiced eyes, but um, I do appreciate what he said. I appreciate how he sort of almost presented the gospel. And I think, you know, if, if you're in any kind of a public eye, you learn to be politic almost in spite of yourself. You know what I mean? So he, he danced right up to the line of how much God stuff is okay in a speech without it becoming too much God stuff. And, you know, I think, I I don't think it's going to hurt him. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't think there's really anything on the line for him. Um, yeah, I agree. It's not going to hurt him. Mike. And that's a great point. My, my question would be, I mean, again, we, this is all spec, but like, was he dancing or was that really all he had? Like, did he, like, was that literally him just saying, dude, I stuck my neck out for the gospel like man that was a crazy thing for me to do like you like you haven't seen what i've seen you don't have the agents i have you're not Mm -hmm. around the the studios i'm around you're not making the movies i've made i mean none of them none of them are going to like anything even to the level that i just said it was that i mean if Mm -hmm. we were to talk to him right now would he be able to tell us like to that like man i'm catching so much heat from that and now they're asking me like how i feel about all these other issues because i talked about god in that way like i wonder i wonder like what his like what his look he he, he, is not catching any heat over that speech that that because here's the here's what he did not do and this is not a criticism Mm -hmm. of him um if if we had wanted him to preach a gospel sermon then that was an f but as an acceptance yeah. speech that says things that point people towards truth, pretty mm-hmm. strong, way stronger mm-hmm. than thank the, the good Lord upstairs kind of thing. Yeah. But he didn't say anything that excluded anybody. You know, so mm-hmm. that that's where you that's where Hollywood catches heat. Even so his yeah. comments that that were in favor of sort of patriotism and and in support of the military were purely admiration. They did not say anything against anybody. It was just no, that's you, true. It was, but thank you, you for think... your sacrifice. And his his comments about there is a God and He loves you. That you know we we view that through the lens of evangelicals. But somebody who's the only people who are going to be annoyed at that are atheists. And so even then, most and of he, Hollywood. <laughs> well, I think most of Hollywood is spiritual. Not atheist. I agree. Most of Hollywood's comfortable with like. With God you know, I talk want to think the man upstairs. Term. Yeah, they, yeah, or, yeah, man or, upstairs talk. Or you mean what you mean by God and I mean what I mean by God. Like God is a very comfortable topic when it stays at that level. When you begin talking about lordship, then you've got issues. Yeah, and, but don't you think, Pipe, that it was at the very least it was very Republican sounding? Oh, well, he is. I, I was oh, is he Christ- like, I don't know. Yeah, he, so he is, a, okay, he's like okay. a flag-waving, military-supporting um, – I don't know that he's Republican in terms of like our current administration Republican, but he is he is a conservative, okay. you know, okay. middle American blue collar person. I mean, he started by saying, you know, we didn't have a pot to piss in and all that. And and all, you know, so he he's sort of he is very salt of the earth to begin with. So yeah. that's, Dude, that's not, a good that's persona move for him. That's not at all surprising. 
Yeah, and it's 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 the wheelhouse he should stay in. I mean, I think it gives him a little bit of uniqueness there in the marketplace. So, well, at the very um, least, it means he's going to be able to start making like Christian flicks when his Hollywood career starts. When, when his real career's over, yeah, yeah when his yeah, real career tank, he'll be able to say like Nick "God's Cage Not Dead" Part Seven. I mean, he'll be all. Well, I, ready I think for he that. Can, yeah, he can either replace Nick Cage in um, <laughs> you know the Left Behind reprisal Part Seven or Six or whatever they're on now, or he can replace Kevin Sorbo in. <laughs> I think he's the God's Not Dead guy. So yeah, he's he's got a future when when he stops being blockbuster king and Star Lord. What about like Dude, maybe Calvinist Four starring? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll play one of us when they make a movie of this wow, podcast. Wow! Now we're talking. You know. Now yeah, we're starting. To, now one? we're starting to dream, Big T. Yeah, starting to dream big, baby. I'm starting to get over this. Baby, cat no, thing no, and... Kitty Cat's coming home. Just hang in oh, there, Kitty. I, I hope like, so, baby. I feel like if he grew his hair out and put on a pair of uh, turquoise glasses, he'd be close. He, he could play a good he'd close. Ted. He'd be close. Yeah. Man. He'd have to get a little more, a little bit fatter though. It'd have to be more like early career Chris Pratt, you know what I mean, and not like steroidal. <laughs> well, he's well, he's in a good run right now because it was early career when he was like funny fat dude. Now he's yeah. now he's Hollywood hunk. Um, yeah. He's gonna he's he's, he's gonna get to fat dude again. Like Which is that's funny that's he's nature. Not real, he's not real hunky. You know what I mean? He's like. He's a real everyman when it comes to he's Hollywood hunk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he, yeah. he's. I mean, let's just be honest, man. He doesn't. He doesn't hold a candle to some of the other Chris's that That's are true. He's yeah. not a Hemsworth. He's not a Pine. He's not a who's the guy who <laughs> plays Captain America? Is that Evans or some yeah, some, Evans. Ge- some generic Chris name? Some generic boring underwear model. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but y- yeah, he has he has the face that I call he has the what I call the PBR face. Like that's a guy. Yeah. That's the guy yeah. who sits in the bleachers at Wrigley and drinks PBR. Like that's just who he is. Dude, that's so true. And it doesn't You're matter so how right jacked the, how how jacked he is from chin down, from chin up, he has a PBR face. It's just yeah. phenomenal. I mean, what I when I think when I when I see Chris Pratt is I just think that dude must wake up every morning and go, I have no idea how this happened. No yeah. idea how this happened. Seriously. Yeah. Like he probably still thinks I can't even believe I got the Parks and Rec gig. And then here I am doing like like blockbuster dinosaur movies. Now like it's insane. How did this happen? Yeah. Now, kudos to him, man. It's a, it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about this MTV deal is that it'll all be over in two days. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just funny. not already. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, what's his name? De Niro says F Trump in his speech and he's a hero. You know, he's such a thoughtful sweetheart. He's a sweet guy for saying that. And, you know, Pratty mentions you know, God, and maybe he catches a little heat. I don't know. Uh, speaking of God, though, and speaking of gatherings of people, um, speaking of a demo, probably a lot like the MTV, you know, award show that we just witnessed, um, I want to talk about, uh, was it GCO or TGC that this little Women of Color flap happened at? What are we looking it at? Was, it, uh, like? it, was the go- it was the Gospel Coalition Women's Event. Um, okay. So they have, they have a women's conference, I think, alternating years with the main conference. And so that was just, it was like, what two weeks ago a week ago um mm-hmm. and uh yeah so there was an event in conjunction with that 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 caused a ruckus sweet well, i shouldn't Dude, say the nothing. event caused a ruckus some some very sensitive people raised a ruckus about it wait you mean to tell me that reformed people were overthinking something and then getting really sensitive shocking about it? i know yes, and, that's and, crazy and, and white people also don't like to discuss things about race also shocking Dude, all right. So Piper, uh, give me the give me the lay of the land here, because I don't get why anybody would get all up and been out of shape about this this thing. This is stupid. Um, explain to me the 
the steps in terms of why people got bent out of shape. This is a hard task for me because uh, I think it's as absurd as you are representing it as. Um, uh-huh. So there was there was a a women of color like a meetup, a gathering just for yeah. for women, you know, minority women who are going to be at the conference to get together to connect to. I think it was primarily just to sort of encourage one another, be in one another's company, and uh, and I my guess is it was a small number of people, but typical yeah. of the small numbers of sensitive people. They're really loud. Um, they they got very offended that 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 white people were excluded. That this would this seemed se- you know sort of separatist and mm-hmm. you know exclusive and you know. Well, what would happen if we did a, a, a white women's gathering? And I just wanted to be like, yeah, that's the other ninety three percent of this conference. That's called the Gospel Coalition. Yeah, women's that's conference. that's literally yeah. everybody that's else exactly. who's there. So the, it just oh my gosh, this is so stupid, dude. So it and I, they still, you know, thankfully they they did not bow to pressure and cancel it or anything. And some wonderful vocal voices supported them in it. It just. Uh, it just goes to show that despite the fact that white people are the majority culture and have next to nothing to worry about in terms of like racial expectations or racial discrimination of any kind, uh, people still live in, in hypersensitivity and fear of, mm-hmm. of minorities doing anything on their own. I mean that's mm. that's what this comes down to is a group of women wanted to bond together over something they have in common in a context where they're even more pronounced minorities because it's because it's concentrated because it's yeah. it's reformed Christianity this is yeah. not a bastion of like minority culture and right. and so they're they're coming together for positive reasons and taking heat because somebody's obnoxiously sensitive instead of going we're so glad you get to do that or you know, or just be like you know, just sort of a general positive attitude towards it. I don't know. I I couldn't make any more sense out of it than you are. It just it is really indicative of the of the obnoxious sensitivity white people have. Not I'm painting with an incredibly broad brush. A lot of white people have about minorities having a minority identity, having a cultural identity, being vocal about their identity. Like that's a threat to people for. No reason that I can articulate very well other than other than silly fear. And Pipe, it was – I mean definitely it was – I feel like they probably had more support than less support at the end of the day. I mean it was yeah. – it was just – it was a few just grumbling, complaining, you know, outraged voices. I mean I, I definitely don't think it was that wide and I, you know, I personally talked to – women who were just like, this is, abs-, you know, white women who were like, this is absurd. We literally don't even understand why anybody would have a problem with this. We actually think it's great that TGC is like going to these lengths to, to, you know, to widen themselves and diversify in these areas that have been lacking all these years. And we're pumped about that. And so I just definitely think it was a, it, it was a minority that came against, um, you know, what they were trying to. A minority of sensitive white people. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yeah. <laughs> a number of those people who were upset about it were white men who weren't even going to be at the conference anyway. Now that's which, super – yeah, that's absolutely true and that was which even is more Which is incredibly baffling. typical of yeah. our ridiculous social media age but also just stupid. Yeah. That's incredibly stupid. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like – 
Um, I just yeah, well I, said, Pipe. It's, just, it's I, all yeah. right there. I guess well, yeah, I, it, it really is. The yeah. one thing that I would want to say, and because it's it's very easy for for me or us to get on a high horse and judge the people who are vocal about it. I suspect that all three of us and any other white people. Are, we still struggle with some sort of prejudice in our lives at various points, either either a thought that we have to suppress or something that comes out more actively. And I guess the thing, the thing that this sparked in my mind is what what are those things that I see in minority culture? And I realize minority culture is actually a thousand cultures. So a, any culture different than my own yeah. that – that I'm in, I'm inclined to be prejudicial towards or feel threatened by, and I immediately need to ask why. Why do I feel threatened when a minority acts in accordance with their home culture? I yeah. or do something to support one another as minorities, like as this case mm. was. I don't know. I mean, because that's that's what that's the thing that stood out to me most was that this this threatens people for some reason. And I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't make sense of it, but I also recognize there are still seeds of some of that in my own life in different instances, not this particular one. And so that's, I think that's the question that anybody who's majority culture white ought to be asking ourselves is, why are we so threatened by people being minority? I, I can't make sense yeah. of it, but it still exists. Yeah. No, it does, man. And that's a good word. You know, there are, there are those things I think that, you know, we would probably be a lot less quick to talk about on the air that, that we still carry around for sure. And, um, you know, one that I'm comfortable talking about in the air is how much I hate soccer. So you know, the world, <laughs> the whole world cup thing is just kind of a, a drag for me. It's a tough hang. Like it just sucks that like my cat ran away and the world cup started in the same week. You know, there's just not, not a lot of comfort there, but, but, but you'll uh, always have the Mariners. I'll always have the Mariners, yeah, who we're on a little two-game skid now, but uh, that's okay, man. We're playing the Yankees, so, um, you know, b- brighter days ahead. But, uh, boys, let's uh, let's end with a fun one. This was, uh, I think this was a listener suggestion, wasn't it, Pipe? This um, was, yeah. It was, a, it was a, a strong listener suggestion. It's a strong little game, a strong little listener suggestion. And the, the question or the setup here is what would happen if – Two, if we took two famous pastors and had them swap pulpits, so not actual physical pulpits, but swap congregations and audiences, and what are some that would work? And I'm going to get us started because I have one that I think kind of low key might work. Um, so you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, Joel Osteen and Maddie Chan are in the same, aren't they in the same metro area? Aren't they both Houston? Uh, no, Houston and Dallas, respectively. So they're Houston and, and Dallas. It's, so well, both, to, be, to be fair, if you're not from Texas, that's really kind of the same thing. They're both dude, huge, I was just sp- say, man. huge spaghetti junction of interstates yeah. with lots of Tex-Mex and terrible weather. Dude, right. Huge, impersonal Texas cities, you know. Um, so, so here's why I think this would work. They're both pastors of, of gigantic megachurches in very similar metro areas with probably very similarly affluent audiences. Um, I think you could, you, you, could, you could swap those two out and not have that much of a hiccup. Um, and that's, that may be kind of a, a, a mean thing to say or an indictment of, of one audience or the other, but um, I, I actually think this could work. I think they could pull it off. Um, similar levels of opulence, you know, similar kind of arena show presentations, probably. I, I think it could work. I think it'd work out. Um, what do you got, Pipe? Do you have one of these? Um, so, so the, 
the one that I wanted to, to see happen mainly because I think it would be um, a disaster in, a, in uh-huh. an amusing way is uh-huh. swapping Mark Dever okay. for Craig Grishel. <laughs> Ooh, now you're gonna have to you're gonna have to jog my memory on Craig Groeschel. I don't know who this so is, but I'm Craig Groeschel is the pastor of statistically the largest church in the United States because okay. they do basically e campuses all over the country. So they're based out of I think Oklahoma City. It's out of Oklahoma somewhere, like Oklahoma City area, I think. Um, and they have so they have multiple campuses. There's a there's a campus ten minutes from where I live in the Nashville suburbs. And and so they pipe in Grishel's sermons on Sundays, but each campus has their own worship and you know small groups and whatever else. But they they call themselves one church. So they have like a hundred thousand people who attend this church. Technically, Judas speaking. H. Priest Piper. I'm looking at this guy now. He's steroidal too. Yeah, yeah. Grishel looks man. like he bench presses Buicks. He does, man. He I, yeah, does he, alongside. He can of definitely Sturgis. bench press three Stephen Furtick's um, with Stephen Furtick. Yeah, that's right. So. As Dude, I'm partner. so tired of these pretty boys and their open collars and their and their, you know, Under Armour Nike, you know, form fitting dry fit shirts that they preach in. Get get out of here with that, man! What these, these why are why clowns. baby? Why are you, you sick you know of it, man? You know who's it's just, not it's, steroidal and it's open awesome. collar and and uh, form fitting shirts? Ron Martin, uh, our very own Ron Martin. Well, I was going to go with Mark Dever, which is part oh, of Debbie. which is part yeah, of the reason so right. this trade would be so much fun. It'd be a gong show. The the other reason. Is that Mark Dever is of the the ecclesiological belief that a church is a single gathering, so they do one service. They do almost no programs outside of of their service. I mean, I think that they think people meet in homes in their church fellowship, but like in terms of church run programs, programs, yeah, they, yeah, they like multi site is anathema to yeah, to, to that model. Yep. They're literally everything church-wise that is the opposite of Craig Rochelle and Life <laughs> Church. Um, and so this is not so much a pulpit swap as I, I want to see a 12-month pastor swap. <clears throat> yeah, that'd Just be amazing. Mainly because I exist to watch the world burn. Uh, in, now, and that's, and, and this, this would just be the most destructive thing to two churches, I think. It would. It would be a hot mess. Now, along those lines, Piper, I have a follow-up question for you on this. If this pulpit swap happened, would would Dever have to get on Groeschel's workout regimen? And if so, workout supplements the whole thing. How jacked would Mark Dever get <laughs> in one year? And would he start wearing the kind of shirts that like show off your traps and like that upper part of your clavicle and, and the kind of Groeschelian wardrobe? Would he, have, would he have to start immediately preaching in like shiny shirts that – that hug his his frame. The the hardest thing. This is literally the hardest question you could have asked me. I could <laughs> I know, describe. Dude. I could I could I predict anything. I think anything that would happen in the lives of these churches. But in terms yeah. of the physique of Mark Dever, I am I am stumped. I have no. <laughs> Mark Dever would come out of this year like, with like Tom Hardy traps. The, you know the, what I mean? I I can't imagine him doing any exercise more rigorous than heavily, like, heavier than a Bible. I could know? see I could see him on the elliptical. Uh-huh. You know, with like calf socks and walking shoes, uh, no, I, I maybe maybe it's on so a rowing funny. machine, going at uh-huh. like you know moderate pace. Yeah. And the only reason I can picture that is because I watched the first couple seasons of the show House of Cards, and the uh-huh. character played by Kevin Spacey, Frank Underwood, will occasionally go on his rowing machine in the basement of his of his Washington D.C. townhome, 
uh-huh. which I assume Mark Dever also owns one of those. Um, he has a townhome. Yeah, and and sure. he would actually get on the rowing machine in dress slacks and a dress shirt. And I was like, that, Absolutely. that's Mark Dever's workout routine right there. Yeah, so, Mark, he doesn't so. look like a real workout guy. <laughs> no. He's not a real workout warrior, is he, Dever? Is, is anybody on like the T4G stage a workout person? Besides David Platt, no. Like Platt, Dude, Platt, 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 Platt's, Platt's, a, Platt's a, a closet CrossFit nut. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's a certain kind of workout you can get away with as an egghead reform nerd, but it has to be more earthy. You can't just like go to a Planet Fitness and like get your lift on for two hours. None of it, none of it can be aesthetic. It all has to be for like it's 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 like functional. It's like eating to feed the machine. Like you don't you don't revel in good food. You also don't revel in how much better you look when you're fit. Like none of the same way that you don't like if you're reformed, you don't have sex for fun. You just have sex to like create a person. Now that's that's one they're loosening up on. You get enough marriage Is books really? to talk about how much fun sex can be. I mean, I, dude, because about eight years ago it was all about create people. Yeah, you know, let's repopulate the planet yep, with yep. Our, our seed. Yeah. Create you know. create disciples and shepherd some children's hearts, and uh, off yeah. we go. Yeah, no, I think I think the sex one they're loosening up on a little bit. Um, well, that's good. That's careful good for them. Yeah, careful. sorry, sorry, Ron. Don't want to get you in trouble here. I think I said I think we said sex four times. We now. said so sex too many times. I say it every week. I, I, yeah. I have like a, I have a segment every week during my sermon where I say we're going to break it down to sex right now for about a minute. So Absolutely, just keeping it loose. You know? Yeah, Tim so Keller's here, always bringing it back to Jesus. Ronnie's always throwing in a sex analogy just you know, to, just, just to make people don't uncomfortable. Be, don't Dude, all right. So let, let me let me pose a hypothetical question to both of you. Um, assuming that as all trends do, this planet fitness, uh, you know, bodybuilding nonsense is going to finally work its way into the reformed church. Who do you think is the first of our guys? Who's going to like get super jacked and start wearing the shiny shirts. Who's going to be shiny shirt jacked guy in our, in our little tribe. Who's going to be first to that party. I mean, and really, and what I mean is like really grabbing onto it as a person. Yeah, like this. Thing. This can't be like a slight thing. Like you get people like Platt or Matt Chandler who are like they stay fit, but they're not like yeah. they're not yeah, they're, as, not, they're not they're not going for the aesthetic. Right. Um. I, I mean, I Piper, could, it might be the. Could it be the kid who just got named the head of the thing that we're part of the SBC? JD Greer. Yeah, because yeah. he's already kind of like Greer. It. He's, Greer he's a little falls, platty. Greer yeah. falls in that same category of like stays fit but doesn't like. He's a very normal dresser. Like he's polo shirts and jeans. It, you yeah. know, he's he's very Matt Chandler in sort of his his the way he presents himself. Yeah, but dude, there's potential there, man. There's yeah, potential for him to kind of like there's good bodybuilding potential to jump the shark Ron. on that one for sure, man. See, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I feel like if he was going to, he already would have because he leads a multi-site mega church in North Carolina. True. It's a lot of young people. There's the good-looking yeah. people at that church. I mean, yeah, it's, he's it's, a reformed yeah. Groeschel already, is what he is. I mean, it's, that's true. <laughs> two steps away. That, yeah. That's that, I don't even know what that means, but uh, he—I feel like if he was going to tip, he already would have tipped. Pipe did our boy. Uh, I have a—I have a little sub question on Greer. Um, did that kid go to Wheaton College? I don't think he did. I don't know. I think I think he went to some smaller Baptist college, like you know Carson uh, Newman or something. Which like is that. why he's I thought at I went where to he's a lake today. with him once, and, and with some Wheaton guys, and he was a part of it. But uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, it was a lot of years ago. But uh, Big R, who do, who do you think is going to be our first? You know, guy to go shiny shirt, you know, jacked steroidal in the uh, reform set. Dude, I don't know, man, because I, I like, um, I, I like Greer. Here's a, here's a weird one for you. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little okay. left field with you on this one. Yeah, later. Um, 
I could see, well, I'm going to, I'm going to combine it, right? I'm going to combine it with the topic. So uh, something I would like to see a dude, a pulpit swap I would like to see is I would, nothing would give me greater joy than an unironic swap and see KDY going to Elevation Church, going to Ferdy's Church, (laughs) and just having to preach like a four-week series on like Christology or something. You know, and you got got KDY up there preaching for an hour ten, getting into all the creeds and all this kind of stuff, and having just literally having like like his congregation just staring at him like, what just happened, you know? Yeah. I think that would be great. Now, having said that, dude, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed KDY in like the last year or so, but that dude has lost a ton of weight, number one. Number two, I could see the next step in that is saying, Mm. hey, man, it's time for me to get a little fit. And maybe not him going like totally uh, shiny shirt, but like in his own version of it, kind of going a little more plat Greer and and having us kind of like look at him at some point and go, oh, uh, like Katie, like, what's you, going like, on? Like you're spending program. a lot of time in the gym now, dude. Step yeah. one, step one for him would be going one of two directions. One is like the hipster thick frame glasses instead of his, you know, sort of scholarly wireframe glasses, mm. or getting LASIK. And I think that's the way to go. You know, he's going to go LASIK. LASIK. Yeah, he's, he's never sure. doing hipster glasses. I can guarantee it. Well, right. Never. I mean, and so the, he's I mean, technically glasses, already wearing hipster glasses. They're so nerdy, they're hipster, right? So that's yeah, that could be. He's yeah, kind of already like, Yeah, swing. they're they're like nerd chic as opposed to like the the you know like instead of like actual chic chic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think LASIK is the way to go because then you do that, you start wearing something that's a little bit more uh, fit and stylish to go with his his weight loss and fitness regimen, and all of a sudden, yeah, he's he's not. Uh, yeah, he's not he's not furtic with you know V necks and and well, trapezoids. Dude, yeah, and he's and he's like a he's a prof now at RTS. So, dude, he has to look good for the he has to look fit for the kids, man. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, it all makes sense. I think it all mm-hmm. makes sense. I could see a big R. I could I'm see a little saying. LASIK, and I could see a little you know a little workout reg. But the the thing about being an uptight reform guy is you can't you can't do anything that smacks of like preening. You know what I mean? Because like right? the, the preen radar on these guys is just out of control. Um, I mean, not at so, his level, certainly. Not when you're hanging out with like Lig and Sinclair Ferguson and like Dak. But see, those guys you know? are the least preeny, show offy guys imaginable. You know what I mean? They, they, so that's what I I'm think saying. He could, yeah. He could actually more get away if he hung out with like Matty Chan and, you know, those guys who are, do a little bit more for the public. You know what I mean? I, th- I think he could get away. Yeah, with I feel it, like there's, yeah, there, there's sort of a, uh, there's sort of a preening aesthetic ceiling on every different level. There's like the, the Al Mohler, Lig Duncan scholarly level. Like, and that's basically sure. like, you you just you look like you know Plato in a in a sport coat. Yeah, you pre the way you preen is by getting another doctorate. Yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. you know, and and you yeah, and, and your grandkids get you ties for Christmas kind of thing, and like that's your yeah. style turnover is like oh, I'm wearing the green tie they got me instead of the blue one. And that's obviously exactly. where KDY is at because he just looks, yeah, that's the trajectory. He, he's he just on. looks like a 43 year old version of that or whatever he is. You sure, know what I mean, absolutely. Well, I mean, Al Moeller has looked like the same version of that since he got to Southern, and he's been there for like. 25 900 years. years so yeah yeah so i mean he's he's been the the exact same guy i think Devers yeah. kind of the same yeah. way <clears throat> where and then like the next the next level up is yeah it's like the platt chandler greer but there's a ceiling on that because i guarantee if jd greer showed up to speak in like a a dry fit polo or like a deep v matt chandler mm-hmm. would tweet something just shots fired at him in six yeah. seconds 
You Dude, know? Right. So there's a, there's a self-correcting yeah. kind of like law of the jungle at, at play in these subsets where, yeah, if you're JD Greer and you rock anything except a polo and some khakis, you're getting, you're getting heat from Matty Chan. But then there's like, I mean, no offense to big R, but like, I, I think of all the kind of reform subsets, like sojourn is probably the most preening friendly, you know what I mean? Because you know, you get guys peacocking around. Oh, for their, sure. Their, it's just we don't, lumberjack gear, you know. Yeah, we just don't have any we just don't have any lumberjack guys that are A listers yet. That's kind of the deal. Yeah, correct, yeah. man. Which is weird to me. Like when are you guys gonna put a guy like up on the main stage? I mean, I baby? keep That's raising my hand saying, you know, I'm I'm you know, you can nominate. Well, I know you me. have, yeah, right, right. Like yeah. yeah, I mean who 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 are the contenders? I mean, are there some guys that they're grooming up through the <laughs> The preening, you know, lumberjack system there that are going to finally hit a mainstay. I mean, you'd be bet. I mean, you'd be closer finding somebody at at, at a two nine, which is essentially the same mm. thing. But yeah, they don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just really nothing. Ha- n- nobody at you know, you may have some like B list level guys, but nobody's really hit that. Yeah. Hit that Nobody's hit the main well, stage. The I'm problem really. is that the kingmakers are all the guys who are Plato in sport coats. Exactly. Like, That's they, true. They can't, yeah. they, there's, a, there's only so many degrees of separation be, between them and what they're comfortable with. And they're like, sorry, you're like, we don't trust you because you have a look. Like, you have to have relatively yeah, yeah. no look to be trustworthy. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's That's how you. It's vanilla. But, right, like you're a quality guy in the Reformed Church. Like, people think you're a big sweetie if you have no personal style. I mean that's the that's that's the way to climb the ladder in that in that group. Well, I mean, um, dude, it's even. Cr- I mean, but I mean, even to see what's funny is that like I'm always shocked when I see Platy going up on stage with his like his standard like sweatshirt and like weird like you know khaki pants and his like you know his like three year old Adidas. The, he's the Bill Belichick of of our <laughs> he, he just tribe, he though. just does nothing to try to like fit in with with what they've established at all, at least image wise. Which He's is a super, Belichick, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, whoever that is. But yeah, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's Piper, funny. explain to Ron who Bill Belichick is and why I made that uh, comparison. <laughs> All right, I'll make this very short, Ron. Just Bill Belichick is happy the, he's the, he's the coach of the New England Patriots, who are the best team in the NFL and have been since 2001 since birth or so. And uh, he is the coach. He, he never smiles. He never expresses emotion positive. He will occasionally express negative emotion. And on the sidelines, you know, where everybody else is sort of wearing the stylish team gear, you know, like the nice pullover jackets and baseball caps, he wears no cap and his hair looks like he just rolled out of bed. And he wears hoodie sweatshirts with the sleeves cut off at about at about the elbow. So he's okay, the ratty so gray yeah. sweatshirt. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's, here's so that is David basically you just literally taunting just the plan. NFLs. He's like, you want me to wear your licensed gear? Fine. I'll just butcher it first. Dude, but it's more than that. And it's it's the same with Platy. So if you're Platy or Bill Belichick, the subtext, like, it's like not having a gimmick is your gimmick. Not having an outfit is your outfit in the sense that the subtext that it communicates is that I'm such a scholar and I'm so busy in Platy's case, being broken for the world, or in Belichick's case, I'm so busy, like, you know, studying the game plan or film that I literally can't dress myself. And people love that. They go bonkers over it. It's so perfect for Platy. And it's, it's like, a I'm little so bu- bit like the Steve Jobs mock turtleneck or the Mark yeah. Zuckerberg black T-shirt. You know, they're just the, like, their look is a non-look. Like, I can't be bothered with fashion because I'm so busy, like agonizing over the the unsafe people's but see know, that's his thing no that's absolutely true but here's the one thing like when you see yeah. so this is what's funny when you see those dudes like on one of those panels something repeatedly over the years that you hear coming out of out of out of ali moeller's mouth or Liggs mm. is always mm-hmm. when they ever talk about kdy they always they always make this kind of a comment to him they always mm-hmm. make this comment to him like 
And Kevin, we hope that you continue on and just keep building on what we started. I mean, you know. Oh, they do. They're the kingmakers. They always say that. They never say that to Platy or Maddie Chan or any of the other Because they see KDY as the heir apparent. He's the successor. He's yeah, the golden he's, boy. He's the steady you know? hand. Those other guys are a little bit they're a little they're bit loose passionate. cannon. Yeah, they they, they raise they're too their emotional. voices, they yell, yeah. and they're not they don't have doctorates either. So it's those true. guys trust KDY. There's it's an true. inherent level of trust there. Although Platy has a has a doctorate, but does he? I think so. Does he really? Yeah, he's a super understand. education guy. My, yeah. my my apologies. This is you know, I you all listeners know that our show prep is no show prep, so this thanks for fact thanks for fact checking me. Dude, I don't give a crap who does or doesn't have a doctorate at the end of the day. I'm here to talk about their fashion. And the best thing you know about I mean? you saying that is that you work at a university. <laughs> I do, but none of those guys went to my university. The only so. thing we remember about any of the old dudes is what they wore. I mean, I, I remember what they wore. Somebody else can worry about their degrees. I don't know. I, I can't, worry about what I they can't wore. tell you one word I, I read in Desiring God besides the or and, but I can tell you the coat that, that Johnny P wears every time he goes up there and speaks. Right, same, same coat he's worn since like 1983. Now, that's it's not right. It's not the lives. same coat, but he replaces it with the same coat every time. Fashion lives. Dude, that brings me joy. That, that makes me so happy to hear that. that and, and, and what makes me happier about that, Piper, is that like each time he replaces it, it probably gets harder. You know what I mean? He has to do more kind of deep <laughs> internet searches for the same unfashionable jacket. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's he, like... My my mom's like forty percent of her time is is uh, bookmarking 40%. where you can buy that where you can buy that one coat. Yeah. So what yeah, are you doing exactly. today, mom? Oh, you know, it, it, between yeah. between twelve and two, I just go on that that. Coat I got to go to the Sears in Rapid City, South Dakota, to get that sport coat. Sur- that searching for earth tone tweed uh, tweed jackets for your dad because he's about to wear out the elbows again. But you know, I only Absolutely. do that Monday through Thursday now. I I take Fridays off. Yeah, yeah. Retirement is a is a blessing. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, Fashion boys, lives. we have uh, we have done what we always do on this program. We've wandered to and fro throughout these topics, and uh, yeah, this is this has been fun, man. This is kind of what I needed. It's it's been a it's been a little hot. Baby Kitty's coming home. Oh, thank you, baby. I can't hear that enough, truly. But uh, yeah, maybe we can get some. We can just get a. Yeah, I don't know. Some kind of a social media movement started to to bring my cat home. But what's her you know, name? We'll, uh, Penny. Penny, Penny, like P E double N Y. P E double N Y. We got them together. There's two: a brother and a sister. Penny and Steve. So you know, bro- Steve's grieving. I can so tell. So brother is grieving bummed. right now. He is grieving. I, I was just I was just with him. I was just visiting, comforting him, him consoling him, consoling him. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, dark days in our household, boys. But uh, but this has been a ray of light. You know, talking about Platy and his khakis and Platy and, and Pratty. You know. Nothing, Platy, Platy, and Pratty. You know, we started with started with Platy, ended with Pratty. So, uh, or, or being the other pretty way Baptist around. today, man, with our alliteration. So we're very, <laughs> very Baptist. It's been uh, it's been good, boys, and uh, we've we've wandered to and fro until next time. Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast.
Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.